The Youth Workshop Podcast, episode 41. Bad news. What's that? (laughs) I didn't press record. You bring the passion. We bring the knowledge. Learn from the most creative, innovative and experienced youth experts across the globe. Are you ready to take your youth ministry to the next level? If the answer is yes, you are in the right place. The Youth Workshop, the podcast. Here's your host, Luke White. Welcome to another episode of the Youth Workshop podcast with me, Luke White. Now listen, let's get something out of the way right from the beginning. You know, I love the fact that you're listening to the podcast, but I want our relationship to go a little bit further. I want I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you in real virtual time. So why not add me over on Twitter, Instagram? I'm even on Snapchat now. My handle is Luke C R White. Luke C R W H Y T E. Same handle on all those platforms and Let's talk. Let's dialogue. I'm sitting here all alone speaking into the microphone, and that's cool and everything. But online, let's connect. Luke C.R. White, Instagram, Twitter, and the Snappity Chat. That is Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, today's guest. Today's guest, in my mind, is an absolute superstar. And I, I don't say that lightly. His work for the kingdom is more than admirable. It's like phenomenal. He is absolutely phenomenal. I'm truly excited and slightly petrified of what this guy might do next. He is he is easily one of the most creative, innovative, reflective people I have had the privilege of speaking to, not only on this podcast, but just in general. You know, when I was growing up, my dad used to always say, you know, Luke, some people talk because they have something to say, and some people talk because they have to say something. And I can tell you that Rob has something to say. And what I love most about this guy is the fact that literally, in his journey, as you all hear, he did not wait for permission. He did not wait for permission to do anything he has done or he is doing, the books he's writing, the resources he's made. You know, he did not wait for permission he is playing his role in building the kingdom and he didn't wait for someone to give him the go-ahead and the result the result is he has created the role that is perfect for him and you know some of us find ourselves trying to recreate ourselves to fit into a role or a position but the position became clear to him as he did the work. And that is powerful, powerful, powerful learning workshoppers. And it really, really struck home with me. I'll tell you what else. The audio gets a bit shaky in a couple of places, but I beg you, stick with us because it does get better. And, you know, this is such, such a valuable interview. And I beg you from the sincerest part of my heart, share it with someone because I believe it will change their life. XOXO, Gossip Girl. I'm actually, I wasn't sure I was going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you. We have just been on a conversation for about 30 minutes and um, Luke realised he didn't press record. But don't worry, because the second half is going to be better than the first. So we're going to ask some questions. We've got Rob Peabody on the show and Rob is the director of pioneering for fresh expressions he is also the CEO and co-founder of the awaken movement 
as well as this he's done some amazing things and we're going to get stuck right in rob i'm so sorry but let's do this we can do this okay we can do it. i got my coffee we're good good <laughs> so tell our our listeners just a little bit about yourself and the work that you do with fresh expressions and the awaken movement yes so with fresh expressions um awaken is in charge there in the uk of helping to identify pioneers people who are going to go and start new ways of doing church in their local community and equipping them and then releasing them to go do that. Um, and that's our role in the UK with Fresh Expressions. And then with Awaken, I started that back in 2008 as a you know mega church pastor in the buckle of the Bible Belt in Dallas, Texas. Um, and really what we do is we inspire and resource and equip the church to really go be the church outside the walls of the church. Love it. Now, tell us a, a little bit about your journey. So the journey from um, being a mega church pastor uh, to what you're doing now. Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, I was saying earlier, I was um, 24 and was doing my master's work in theology um, in Dallas, the buckle of the Bible belt, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the U.S. context. And I was telling you earlier, there's there's more mega churches per capita in Dallas than any other place on the planet. And so it is a, it's a weird place, but a really incredible at the same time. And um, yeah, I was there and I was the university minister. And then we, we do multi-site model. And so this is like a 12,000 person Baptist church there in Dallas. And um, I launched out and started our newest campus. And on our first Sunday, we had 2,000 people, which was just crazy. I was wow. 26, had no clue what I was doing, <laughs> trying to just figure it out, you know. And um, and that was kind of the background, and that led to me having this this God moment in Jerusalem, of all places, in March of 2008, of God speaking to me and really downloading this holy discontent and this vision um, of starting this nonprofit called Awaken to mobilize normal, everyday like your average Christian who's in the pews to really go claim their identity in Jesus and go live for uh, God's kingdom. And what does it look like to live on mission, to be a missionary in your everyday context, right where you live and to live worship and to do justice. And um, yeah, and that was the beginning of Awaken. We started with a bunch of creatives, a bunch of musicians and photographers and designers. And like I was saying earlier, it's, um, it's kind of like the book of, Acts and the gospel, like it's nothing new. It's it's what happens when the gospel takes root in, in people's lives. But we're just taking a creative approach to communicating that in a new way, uh, that's hopefully relevant to today's culture and today's society. So, how did you? Um, this was a question we didn't ask earlier. So, you know, good things, good everything happens for a reason. How did um, how did awaken and fresh expressions um, begin to partner together? How did that happen? Yeah. So. I moved to London in January of 2011, so I've been there about five years, and I was sent um, by the International Mission Board, so the Baptist group in America, they partnered with us with Awaken, and I was um, trying to plant churches amongst people in their 20s and 30s, so the next generation who would never step foot inside of a traditional church, and found out through the statistics, you know, from the Evangelical Alliance and all the other folks that if you're in your 20s in the UK, there's a 97% chance that you will not go to church and you probably have never even met a real follower of Jesus in your entire life. And so we started trying to set up like pub churches and coffee shop churches and missional communities and had a lot of versions of it. And I sat down with this guy named Graham Cray, Bishop Graham Cray. 
And at the time he was leading fresh expressions and people kept connecting me to him. And I sat down with him and, uh, he was a total boss. He had like this huge cross on and this purple shirt and <laughs> he was, and I was like, Whoa, dude. Okay. What's up? And he was like, tell me about fresh expressions. And, um, I didn't realize it, but that's, that was the exact same thing that I was trying to do in our local context in Northeast London. And it kind of led to this journey. Um, the more we did with them to this past year, um, actually about a year ago that they contacted us and said, look, awaken is trying to do this similar type thing and equip a generation and release them to go see new versions of church across the Western world. Um, could we do this together? And so we entered into a partnership and it's been incredible because Fresh Expressions has such a track record and such a history across the UK and now in Australia, New Zealand, America, um, across Europe. And we get to join up with all of their experience and expertise um, and then help communicate that to the next generation with Awaken. And what I love about this is, you know, many of my listeners know that I'm actually a, a pioneer, a church leader of a, of a church plant here in um potter's bar called temple way and when i look through what fresh expression are trying to do when i hear of what awaken are doing i see that there's this you know this stirring up that's happening regardless of denomination regardless of um views or opinions there's this feeling that we need to change things we need to do something different you know something different something new um and something more relevant for our young people. Give us an experience you've had of meeting people who are of that same belief and how have you then taken that journey on? Obviously, we've got the partnership with, with Fresh Expressions, but maybe tell us a story of, of another way that that has, that has taken root in, an, in a new and unexpected direction. Yeah, um, well, the first one that comes to mind is The Pursuit, and I can tell you about that here in a second. But um, yeah, I feel like this is a common thread that I continue to see no matter which country I'm in, that there are so many people, especially next generation leaders, who, you know, they look at the current traditional church and they're finding that it's not really connecting with their friends. Um, and the way that things have always been done is not really connecting with this next generation. And there's this, this desire. And, and sometimes we can get egotistical and prideful about this, but there's this, I also think this, this spirit is bubbling up uh, in people's hearts and lives, like this desire to see more and to not be satisfied with the status quo and to want to, you know, go further into the waters of God and to see our lives count and to see something happen. And, um, and so I, I love the opportunity that we're beginning to get into with Awaken and Fresh Expressions is to help people feel released to go do that. Um, for instance, the, the pursuit um, is this new gathering that my mate Chris Rogers and I started, who's a church planter in, in London. And, um, and we noticed as we go around and speak at a lot of the conferences in the UK, that we were usually the youngest ones there. And we couldn't find the next generation coming to this because it, it wasn't connecting to the needs that they had and not that they're total consumers, but it just wasn't speaking their language. And so we dreamt up this new vision of what would it be like if we could create a gathering of people in the next generation from all across the UK, all walks of life, all denominations, all streams, however they identify themselves as a Christian and rally them together for 65 hours of continuous worship and to talk, you know, hear from people who are not the big time speakers, you're always going to hear at every conference, mm -hmm. um, people who actually paid 
to be there themselves, who are a practical voice who's really doing something, um, and to gather the, these people that want to be on a journey with God and then release them across the country. And we've seen just amazing stuff happen from it because we're beginning to take a risk and try things differently and use creativity and use an entrepreneurial imagination to see the kingdom expanded in our country. Go a bit deeper into what takes place there. I mean, when I first looked on the website, when I first started to get emails about the pursuit, I was just blown away with the creativity, the innovation, um, and the entrepreneurial kind of spirit, as you say, behind it, because I, I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur as well. Um, I don't know if I actually am, but there you go. Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit more about the elements that that make up the pursuit. Yeah, so from the moment you get there on a Friday evening, evening it's April 29th to May 2nd, the first big holiday weekend. You show up Friday evening, we begin to worship in what we call the tent of meeting. And um, and that will continue to happen there the entire time till we leave on Monday at lunchtime. And while we're there, we have main sessions in the evenings and mornings where everybody, the whole family, you know, celebrates and hears teaching together. But beyond that, you're on your own to kind of come and go as you please. And we have these things called pursuit talks, which are talks from practitioners who are actually doing the work, seeing new things happen in their communities. Um, and then after they present, we just have dialogue. And so people are welcome to share. They're welcome to input. Uh, we encourage people to bring their instruments. We have a busking stage that, that is actually bike powered. So you have to have a mate <laughs> to like power the bicycle uh, for the sound. So they got to believe in your song. And, um, and so everybody comes and brings what they can um, to the weekend, which is much, you know, it, it, it echoes the body of Christ. Like we all have different gifts and skills and talents that we bring to the table. And we want to celebrate that at the pursuit and then really talk about how do we typically put action to our faith and really live this out in, in our land. And, and we, what we're hoping is to see, you know, a stake in the ground for this generation that, you know, we're called the lost generation, but yet there's a remnant of us who believe in God, who are trying to live for him. And we want to see revival happen in our day. And we've got to rally together regardless of our denomination or stream and celebrate the unity that we have in Jesus. And so, yeah, so that's some of the stuff that happens. We, we make our own, uh, Crafternoons, so we've got bread that we make while we're there. We celebrate together with communion on the last day with the bread that we've made. Um, we've just got a lot of unique stuff happen. We've got campfire worship in the evenings. We've got um, all kinds of different food trucks that come out at night that serve us. Um, we've even got a guy, an independent brewer, who is coming out and teaching us how to brew beer, and he's got his own. It's called Oh Oh Hoppy Day, and so he's going to be like sharing that. So. It's fun. It's just a bunch of bunch of people bringing what they can to the table and have let us letting us have this retreat and this holy time spent in community and with God. Well, as I said, shared with you earlier, that weekend was actually um, pegged in in our church or our team leaders calendar as um, a weekend for a retreat. So I'm actually going to check with them after this call and you will see us down there for sure. At least I'll be there, even if it's just me flying the flag for Temple Way. But um, yeah, we'll be there. So tell us, how do you, how did this even get put together? You know, there's so many creative elements to it and creativity, you know, is something that eludes many people or it's kind of a term that, depending what circle you're part of, creativity is either thrown around as like an insult like someone comes late to a meeting they'll be and someone will say oh that's the creative, creative one yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or or it's used as almost a real positive like oh no i'm i'm not a, i'm not creative at all i wish i was but no i'm not creative at all so it's kind of an elusive term but so how have you managed to 
keep such creativity and capture and entice so much creativity that has inspired not only the pursuit but also the awaken movement and the resources that you've created which we'll speak a little bit about um later um how do you get your get to grips with creativity really how do you nurture it and and get it to come forth yeah that well that's a really good question and i think it's a really needed question for us in the church because um as you know we have a tendency to just kind of do things the way we've always done them and and i feel like we put a real we put a cap on creativity in the church a lot of times because we are scared of what may come from it yes and uh, even though God has created us and wired us as creative beings who, <laughs> who make things and who dream up ideas, and that's it's part of yielding to the Spirit and, and allowing your imagination to, to go for the kingdom. And so um, yeah, we run into this all the time with Awaken because we're always dreaming up new resources or new ways to equip the church or new approaches to society, um, and the same with the pursuit like you're talking about. And so uh, for me, it's really i think it's a few things i've i really value surrounding myself around creative people mm-hmm. i think that they draw out um the creativity in me and they also um just give you you know i love hanging out with like quirky um eccentric people because they're so <laughs> they're so interesting you know because they see things that a normal you know quote unquote normal none of us are normal but a normal average person don't see. And I love it because they, they unfold different intricacies of God to me. Um, and so I think we need to foster that in the church and we need, we need to release this entrepreneur creative side of us because, you know, we need to take new ground for the kingdom and doing things the way we've always done them is not, it's not breeding any new results. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's tap into this and see what God wants to do with it. And one of the things that drives me crazy is that the church is notorious for taking things, you know, creativity from modern secular culture and then doing a really crummy knockoff <laughs> job of it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, then we're, and, then, and then you get done and we're like, ooh, I don't even like this. <laughs> and so, um, so I think that that believers, we should, you know, Martin Luther talked about this, but we should be paving the way um, of creativity and culture because we have a redeemed mind and, mm. you know, imagination and why aren't the Christians the ones out pushing the limits and, and seeing new things happen um, instead of just, you know, being lazy intellectually in that sense? Right. That's a good point. You think you think it's laziness. I've never looked at it like that. Do you think there is an element of, of laziness there? It, I don't know. I've never really articulated that until no, now. But that's really, <laughs> but no, it, that's really... But it does seem that yeah. way, doesn't it? I think in the church, I was talking about this last night to a friend, um, especially when religion gets involved of act this way, don't do this, do this, behave this way. We, we like, we like boxes to check and we like a list of rules. And when we have that, it gives us comfortable security. So we know where we stand. Um, but what that does is that limits creativity. It limits really what God might want to be doing inside of you. Um, and it, and it, and it allows you to live for the status quo. So you're like, I might be bored and I might be living for the status quo, but at least I know I'm good. And I don't think that that's what Jesus died for and has invited us into for the kingdom. Um, we're constantly wanting to expand out and push forward and see new things happen and new, new life birthed. And it takes taking risks. And that's, that's one of the big things I think is still connected with creativity is a lot of people have ideas, but it takes a risk to put, kind of put some of those into action. 
That's so true. It's the execution, isn't it? Lots of, and and that's why sometimes you see that someone's got this idea, and then maybe that product or that idea is created, and they're like, "Oh, I had that same idea." Oh, totally. Yeah. But it's like ideas. Ideas aren't. Um, they're not loyal in the sense that they don't just stick to one person. They are. They just want. It's like an idea wants to just be expressed, and it will just go wherever it needs to go to get that expression and if you don't want to express it don't worry there'll be someone else who will almost express it on your behalf you know because I, I know so many people who, who will say oh you know the iphone i had that idea well not quite the iphone but you know <laughs> yeah. an idea you know oh, i had that idea and maybe they did but you just the execution is where is where um where you were lacking but you don't seem to struggle with execution and i i want to talk a bit about the resources that you've created with the awaken movement um tell us start by telling us a bit about citizen yeah citizen is a book that i wrote um about a year and a half ago that that really you know it takes you on this journey that i'm talking about when i was at the mega church and and this holy discontent in jerusalem and what does it mean to be an everyday missionary in your local community but in the book we go back to the first century and look at the roman empire and the backdrop of when Jesus walked the earth about what does it mean? What did it mean for him to have this, you know, anti-empirical counter way of life uh, when the majority culture was saying Caesar is God and this is how you worship and this is how you live. And this is where your status and your security comes from. And we draw out what it means to have your identity rooted in Jesus um, and see him so much more than just to get out of hell free card, but actually an invitation <laughs> to live for something. And then as we draw that out, we, we bring it into today about what does it look like for you in community, the way God designed it to understand not only your identity in Jesus, but your unique gifting and your new unique experiences and calling and talents and leverage that for the kingdom of God. And so really to find a life that is as well lived for the glory of God and not just settling for the status quo but this radical obedience to Jesus and and this, you know, the abundant life he talks about. How do we capture that? How do we live that out? And so we explore that in Citizen, um, and it really is kind of the mantra of what we do with Awaken, of trying to release a generation to really be the church in their Monday through Saturday and not just on their Sunday mornings. Um, so that's Citizen, yeah. Love it. And then we've got Intersect, and we've also got Kingdom Rise. So tell us a bit about Intersect. Yeah, Intersect is... Basically, it, it's pre-alpha, and this came from uh, the issues we had trying to church plant in Northeast London, where alpha assumes that people want to know something about Jesus, and it's done some incredible work, and we use it all the time, but I found for a lot of people, they weren't ready for that. They didn't even have you know, the God awareness in their life that they even had problems or issues or needed a salvation, you know? And so in Intersect, we um, took regular everyday people, heard their stories, and took universal human issues like trust or control or disappointment and looked at those things and um, had them tell their story and then s discovered what God might be saying about those issues in their lives. And so to steal a golf analogy, it's like putting putting the ball on the tee to have a spiritual conversation centered on Jesus. And um, there's a study guide with it, and you take a small group through it um, or an individual, and in that um, – it really allows you to begin to discover um, the need for God in your life. And so that's Intersect. And, and really, we made it as a missional tool to put in the hands of anybody um, 
because most people, when you talk to them, they say, I can't share my faith. I feel, I don't have the confidence. What if I mess it up? What if I, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and, yep. and this is like, Hey, let us equip you take this, go show it at the pub with your friends and then just have a conversation. And I guarantee you, it'll lead you to conversations of significance about the kingdom. And then, uh, Kingdom Rise is a four-week study for um, churches and small groups to really help them along this journey to begin to understand what it means to live worship and to do justice in their local community and really to be an expression of heaven on earth right where you live, where God has placed you in you know, your oikos, your, your sphere of influence. Um, and there's a film study. There's um, a, a worship album that goes with it that Stu G of Delirious helped produce. Um, yeah, so that happens. And then we got a new one coming out. Uh, Easter called Refresh, and that takes people along the Fresh Expressions journey, kind of like we were talking about earlier, Yeah. Um, to begin to, how do I live this Jesus way of life and community right where I live, and kind of walks you through that. Um, and then we got one more called um, Disciple, which we did with Freedom in Christ, which is a new discipleship resource that's 12 weeks um, that really hits on a lot of these issues as well. Love it. And ladies and gentlemen, don't worry, there'll be links to all of these um, in the show notes, which will be on our website. And um, at the end of the pro- at the end of the podcast, you'll know where to go to find all of that. Awesome, 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 awesome. So, Rob, I- I'm going to ask you this question: If if you if right now everything you're working on, everything you're doing, just stopped right now, it was gone for whatever reason. The internet crashed. I don't know. It just all disappeared. <laughs> okay. And um, the you- vortex. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah just disappeared into the vortex. And um, you had to start all again from scratch. Um, what would you do in your first year in a in a westernized country, but not a country you're familiar with? What would you do in the first year? Wow, I think that's a really big question. Wow, I think I would probably try to be a learner in whatever my context is, and I've kind of experienced this, you know, being an American who lives in London, but you know, try to understand who are these people, how do they think, and and what is the bigger story of God that they need to hear? And so how can I be a learner in that and be teachable in that, but then step in to begin to uh, contextualize the gospel to these people? Um, so that's one thing that I think I would begin to think through. Um, but knowing myself and the way that I'm wired, I would totally be trying to like start projects to help do that. <laughs> so what would your, what would your first project be? What would it look like? What, what would it be? Um, well, it's probably the kind of idea that we take with awaken. It's like, you know, as we know this culture and as we learn more about them, how do we, in a relevant and culturally sensitive way, um, express the gospel and the kingdom of God and what it means to be a follower of Jesus in that. And so it could be a number of things, but really when you're, when you're in a humble position trying to learn like that and surrender to the spirit, it seems like God just begins to place ideas in your lap and connect the dots. Um, they kind of, they just, they just come together. And so we've, we've done a lot of projects in a short amount of time. Um, but most of them have been relatively easy because God brings the right players to you and he, he really makes it happen. And so, and I, and I just from experience, the ones that are really hard that I've tried so much work to do, those are the usually, usually the ones that fail um, and don't really go anywhere because they were all based on my human effort and personality, not on, you know, trusting. And I find the really easy, most impactful ones are when God directs it and you just are along for the ride. And it's a, such a joy to be a part of. Love it. Love it. I want to go back a few years now and I want to know, I know we're, 
but we've gone past our time but i'm going to keep you for a little bit longer that's fine yeah how has you know the type of person that you've you've become um innovative creative connected with god and really seeking his will um you know a pastor everything that you've kind of become now can you kind of trace it back to like your childhood or what was your earliest realization that your path was going to be maybe somewhat different <laughs> um wow you're good at this um <laughs> i the first thing that comes to mind is being in high school and or secondary school and realizing that i didn't like doing things the way everybody else did it and and part of that was pride right like part of that is me trying to buck the system and be better or whatever I thought I was at the time. Um, but I realized that that the older I get, I'm now 34. I realized that, that a lot of that's just my wiring. It's the way that God has made me. And what I found is that with, with spiritual gifting, you know, once you begin to follow and trust Christ and he gives you that spiritual gifting, um, a mentor of mine said a, a real definition of that is how, you know, what are ways that God works powerfully through you? And I never heard it expressed that way. And I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And so I realized that a lot of it's just uh, nature and nurture and just the way God's wired me. But then you fuel the spirit on top of that, you can really see major things for the kingdom happen. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of the beginning of it. But I would say, you know, I'm the oldest of four kids. So I had a lot of experience kind of bossing them around a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and it just kind of came naturally in that sense. But I, I think there's this something in me that really wants to be um, an individual, which is totally a lie because, you know, everybody's we're, everybody's an individual, but yet we're all kind of the same, you know, and people rebel against that yeah. at times. But um, there's this desire to want to create and want to innovate and want, you know, I get really bored doing the same thing over and over and I want to create new things, which drives my wife crazy at times. <laughs> um, but, but I, you know, I get, if it's time to manage something, it's time to get somebody to manage it and I'll move on, you know? Great, 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 great. You hit on a point there that I think about often, which everyone or some people talk about, you know, be yourself, be yourself. But why is it so hard to actually, it's the one piece of advice that people give, which is, which almost makes it more difficult once they've given that advice, because you suddenly think to yourself, I thought I was being myself. <laughs> and then you start thinking, I mean, be yourself. For, for those of us, us who are listening and um, maybe like you, they have felt that, oh, you know, I don't like doing things the same way, but they've, it, it's kind of been something that they haven't embraced and accepted. Give us some kind of tips, pointers to literally just embracing who we really are and letting that shine. Sure. Um, I think, and I, and I really believe this, that, you know, everybody is, is uniquely made, uniquely wired. There's no one else on the planet that's like you. Mm. And, and when it comes to the church, um, I was making notes on this this morning for a church I'm speaking in a couple of weeks. Um, really, life with Jesus is about stewardship. And not, and whenever we say stewardship, we think of money, um, and that's part of it. But it's like, if he's uniquely wired you and uniquely gifted you, how do you steward that for the kingdom of God? And so, if you are created, if you are a creative, if you are an innovator, if you are an apostolic mind, and you feel like you can't express that or you don't have the courage to let that out, then you're really handicapping 
the kingdom and your church body because you are hiding behind closed doors when really that's how God made you. And we need that to see the kingdom expanded. And it's the same no matter what gifting you might have um, or what part of the body that you might be. Um, but I, I think when we can see ourselves as part of the bigger story of God um, and in, in that big story that we can then begin to celebrate our uniqueness and our individuality and really begin to live that out for the bigger kingdom um, and see our role in it. And that's, that's a lot about what I talk about in citizen, because I just think, feel like that is such a needed word for our generation um, who desperately want our lives to count for something. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I've got a couple of questions and I promise I'll let you go. Um, we got a lot of our listeners are youth leaders, youth workers, or maybe trying to, basically work with either teenagers or the kind of age group that you've done a lot of work with and a lot of them are volunteers you've got so much going on I'm just wondering how you juggle it all what productivity apps or or services do you utilize to keep organized I mean you're here you're in you're in Dallas filming Dallas obviously and you're in the UK doing stuff and then you've got Awaken, you've got Fresh Expressions, you've got The Pursuit, you've got a wife. Um, how, how do you keep all the balls in the air, as they say? How do you keep juggling? That is a very good question. And my answer is uh, marry up. <laughs> get, get, somebody, get somebody that can understand you and not be too annoyed and help you to accomplish this stuff and keep you um, grounded. Um <laughs> That's been my total experience. Um, but it's also, you know, I'm because I'm such an an abstract, uh, you know, my I guess my learning style they call it abstract random. You know, I think randomly and abstractly. Um, but I use my email as my to do list, and I work through that. And I got to do lists everywhere, um, and our team uses different apps like Trello and things like that. If you're familiar with, so your email. Tell us about that. How do you do that? Your email as a to do list. How how do you work that out? Well, it's just, I don't, I don't, and I'm not saying this is the best way for everybody, but I, I prioritize things in my email, um, by making different colors on the different emails and starring them and stuff. And then just, and then if it's in my email box, I know that that's something that needs to be addressed. Um, which is not the most proactive, it's more reactive, you know? Um, but, but I think one of the things about building a team and if and if in youth work especially if you're building a team whether they're paid or not um if you can get people around you and not just people you like because i find when i get people i like on our team um like you have to have you know a chemistry with the people on your team but when i get people that are just like me we all get really frustrated because we have a lot of ideas and we don't accomplish anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. like other people who can help implement and learn what their strengths are and their giftiness and their personality type. And if you can play to that, you can really release a team to go accomplish great things for the kingdom. And I always think people should think the way I do at times, which is just not right. Like that's my natural tendency. Uh, but when I can really say, wow, this, this is how this person thinks and they actually like doing these things. How can I give them more of that so that we can accomplish more as an organization than we could on our own? I think that's huge. Like, like accomplishing results through people by getting the right people on the bus and getting the right strengths activated is is huge. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, one more question, Rob. Sure. If you could only give our listeners one piece of advice 
um, from everything that you've learned and everything that you've done. It can be take it any direction you want. Just one piece of advice is the last thing that 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 they're going to hear from you, and it's the only thing. Let's say the only thing that they're going to remember. What would you want to leave our listeners with? Mm. All right. Well, I would say <laughs> it's a big one. Yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> I would say you have the life expectancy in the UK, I think is 76 years for women and 74 years for men. You can check, check me on that. But, um, and for the America, it's just a little bit less cause we eat a lot more donuts, I think. <laughs> just um, a few. <laughs> yeah, just a few. But, um, so we're talking, you know, 75 years. So we have 75 years, God willing, if we don't die, like as soon as we hang up this podcast, um, to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Like to make our lives count, to like want to live for something, right? And when I look at John 15, it talks about, you know, abide in me. Um, I'm the vine, you're the branch, you know, the vine, the branches and all that. And that, that without me, you can do nothing. And, and it reminds me that like, wow, abiding in Jesus and surrendering to his spirit is the only way we're going to make our lives actually count. And so along with that, is this idea of taking a risk for the kingdom. And I've been searching the scriptures and I have yet to find anywhere where anybody takes significant ground for the kingdom without it involving taking a risk. And so, so my encouragement or my challenge to people is, look, if this is your life and we're going to map it out, what is the next risk that you need to take in your relationship with Jesus? Like, where is he, where's he next calling you out to, uh, in your journey with him. And I know it's there and they're just, you know, our, our world is plagued with too many people in Western Christianity, playing it safe, hiding behind the walls, checking the boxes of religion and no one's actually living. And he's, and he's calling us out. And, and that's the kind of life I want to live. And those are the kind of people I want to be around because I think that's what Jesus wants from us. (sighs) You've laid down the challenge and we accept it. Thank you so much, Rob, for being part of the podcast. Thank you for bearing with our technical hitches and just thank you for just inspiring us. Um, What's the best way to keep in contact with you and what's going on with the Awaken movement and with the pursuit and all the the other great stuff you've got going on? Yeah, let me throw out some links. Um, For Awaken, it's awakenmovement.com. For the pursuit, it's uh, thepursuit.co.uk. Um, and then if they just want to find us on Twitter, I'm Awaken Rob on Instagram, same thing, Awaken Rob, uh, Facebook. And then we've got all the same things for Awaken. It's at Awaken Movement. Um, but yeah, if they can find us on social media or on those websites and then keep up to date with what's going on and join us because we we want and need and are trying to bring in new people. This is a movement, not about one person, but about the spirit of God. So join us. and Let's go. Thank you so much, Rob. I am looking forward to seeing you with our team at The Pursuit. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, stay classy, San Diego. Thank you so much, Rob. (laughs) Speak to you again soon. It's been great. I told you, Rob, you were absolutely fantastic, mate. Thanks for joining us here at the workshop. And workshoppers, please make sure you take some of your learning and apply it in your settings and your context and see how you can push the boundaries in your own youth ministry. To check out everything to do with the podcast, the notes and all the links mentioned, head to www.lukewhite.com forward slash podcast forward slash Rob P. 
And until next time, create an impact with your influence.